0: Welcome to the Answers from Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Malone. In each episode, you'll hear from leaders across the world. You'll hear their struggles, their thoughts on leadership, and a parting word of wisdom from each guest. Are you ready to hear Answers from Leadership? I hope you are, because it's coming at you right now. Welcome to episode 27 of the Answers from Leadership podcast. Today's guest is Dan Dwyer. We're going to be talking about a serious topic. The holidays bring about a lot of different emotions for people. Not all of those emotions are good, especially for our servicemen and veterans. Dan and I are going to be discussing what we as leaders can do to help the men and women who have served our country if they're struggling with harmful thoughts. With that, let's jump into the conversation. Dan, it's great to have you on the show today. Can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: I spent 22 years as a, as an army officer, uh, commissioning source was ROTC, Indiana university, went to grad school, at university of Louisville. Um, interesting enough, uh, I'm a fraternal twin. My twin brother still serves in the Navy. He's in his 32nd year, we were raised by our aunt and uncle. So the military sort of became a means to the ends. They, they took us in, they took us in their home. at a a young age of five when most of their kids were already older and out of the house uh, after our mother passed. So we felt like they didn't know us anything. So uh, well-grounded, raised traditional Lutheran, but uh, but I'm married to a a wife who was raised Christian Orthodox. So we pretty much just find the best church and, and attend. Today, this month, Will be 10 years uh, since I took off the uniform, but I still uh, serve in capacities to support the warfighter uh, for ideological reasons. I'll continue to do so while we're fighting our nation's longest war. I'm involved in consulting and coaching through my own organization, uh, coach to perform. Most of my focus is, uh, is on leadership development, management development, performance improvement in the workplace. That's really my passion and my enduring. Long-term aims, like I said, as long as we're, we're still fighting a war, I, I do other things uh, for ideological reasons. I wrote the uh, requirements uh, from a capability development side and standpoint for material developers to deliver the second and third generation evolutionary capabilities uh, for satellite-based situational awareness. So it gives the warfighter today unprecedented situational awareness uh, using the, the satellites, the ruggedized displays, most current geospatial products, so they can probably see where they are with respect to their, their buddies and uh, enemy positions or IED positions, which are populated through routine combat messaging. I'm deeply involved in that. In fact, um, this week, this week I'm uh, I'm facilitating what I call a user jury, essentially putting evolutionary capabilities in front of recently redeployed warfighter to compare those capabilities with, to what they already have, but most importantly, to solicit feedback so that I can ensure that we validate requirements, but, uh, but most importantly, make sure that engineers and contractors and people who've never served in uniform don't deliver a capability that they think they need uh, versus what the warfighter really needs. So I'm doing that this week or, and then next- next week I'll put on my coaching hat. I'll be down in Destin, Florida working with a property management organization there, so I stay busy I enjoy busy uh, being busy and much like you do. It's certainly a busy time of year approaching the holiday season so I'm happy we We just celebrated our twenty fifth wedding anniversary uh mid November in Hawaii uh, we had two Two young men, both of them are, are serving in the army in different capacities. My oldest is an Army Ranger. My youngest is uh, in training now to be one of our uh, one of our nation's cyber operations specialists.
0: Okay, wow. We discussed a little bit on LinkedIn about the topic of leading veterans in the workplace. Yeah,
1: and yeah. particularly at this time of year, as leaders, we have to be pretty mindful of. Uh, of some of the stressors, uh, typically the holiday season, uh, both at peacetime and especially over the last decade plus, has been a time where suicides increase. You have to watch out for those indicators and and, and really put uh, some, uh, some effort as leaders on suicide prevention. The challenge uh, in the civilian workplace is, well, let me back up. Your active duty soldier has the benefit of deploying as a cohesive unit, redeploying and reintegrating back as a team. What our American people, I think, sort of lose sight of is the fact that, uh, you know, your National Guardsmen, your citizen soldier, sailor, marine, uh, airman, and uh, reservist don't necessarily have that luxury. They come back and they have to assimilate, reintegrate back into the workplace and society. And they look to their left and right, and they don't see anybody with shared experiences. So that causes some challenges with respect to being able to have an appreciation for some of the loneliness, the worthlessness, the hopelessness, helplessness, helplessness, and guilt that might be present that uh, your typical uh, leader who's never been in the military may not recognize any related warning signs or, or have an understanding of some of the risk factors.
0: And, and is that a factor of being deployed or just being in the military itself
1: nah, it, it, it everybody's everybody's experience is different, so it's it, it can be one the other or a combination of it, depending on their experiences while they were deployed, depending on perhaps things that happened at home while they were deployed you know right so I, I talked about being uh, you know faithful and uh, and having a uh, you know 25 year relationship with my my wife, I, I can tell you there are many cases where a deployment has actually been uh, counterproductive uh, and
0: ended ended marriages. So yeah, I can um, see that with all the time away. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the challenges aren't always with the service members themselves, but you, there are risk factors and warning signs for family members as well. Coping and resiliency. It's absolutely necessary, and uh, a lot of organizations, I know certainly in the military, I think some uh, in corporate America as well, are, are really starting to stand up and look at resiliency programs, Resilien- resiliency coping strategies for adults, children, adolescents.
0: And you said that there's some warning signs leaders should look for or be aware of. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of those warning signs?
1: So, like, when a service member presents, uh, it can present, he or she can present any combination of the following that, uh, that a leader should be, be vigilant and recognize in recognizing that. You know, discussions, not necessarily with the leader, but with peers, perhaps about suicide or killing someone else. Discussions related or anecdotal or, or real about giving away property or disregard for what happens to one's property. Um, uh, sometimes, uh, They'll withdraw from friends and activities. Sometimes they'll they'll have problems with uh, girlfriends, boyfriends, or spouse. Um, any abnormal act, actions, uh, you know, acting bizarre or unusual uh, based on your 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 knowledge of, the, of that person. Perhaps misconduct or, or uh, a significant change in performance in the workplace. Perhaps uh, you start. Uh, seeing or, or at least hearing about uh, financial problems, financial problems, especially in the holiday season, is is probably something that you really have to be mindful of and sensitive to as a leader. Uh, that, that leads to high risk of suicide. Um, and
0: why? Why is that?
1: They have lost their job at home. They want to. They want to continue to provide. But if they can't, uh, you know, the expectations over the holidays is sometimes a little bit different than, than other parts of the year. Okay. The ability or
0: inability to buy gifts for a family. Yeah, I can understand that.
1: So when a soldier presents or a service member presents any of these concerns, you know, you start hearing about, or, you know, talking or hearing about suicide, maybe formulating a plan to include acquiring the means to kill oneself. Certain, you know, there's depression, a desire not to uh, not to continue living. Uh, you know, it's just abnormal if people start giving away personal possessions or finalizing personal personal affairs or withdraw from from friends and family, or uh, or just start acting bizarre or acting in a way it affects their performance. Those are those are just some of the warning signs.
0: And what can a leader do if he notices these warning signs? Are there certain steps you should take?
1: Yeah, there there's some things that that leaders can do. If a leader doesn't feel comfortable with the ability to communicate effectively with that person, sometimes one of the best things you can do is not tell them where to go, but take them, take them somewhere. We find that in our chaplains a lot, in our, in our religious side of our lives, but not necessarily in the workplace. It's generally best for for mental health or medical professionals to assess and and manageize and manage workers who show the warning signs and risk factors related to suicide, but there may be times when those le- leaders or peers find themselves on a phone with that individual as well in any situation, if one of your employees who who's a serviceman threatens suicide you, you've got to take him very seriously now one of the challenges over over the last decade plus, is we've had to actually develop and train our military leaders to identify some of these warning signs and risk factors, and 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 take their take their uh, service members seriously. As you can imagine, that can be challenging if there's a, a separation of rank and structure between them and, and the actual individual that's showing some of these signs. You also may have very limited time and only one chance to intervene. And that's pretty important,
0: especially during the holiday season. And do, do things kind of escalate pretty quickly? Yeah.
1: So the most important thing you can do is take some action. If it's by phone, you know, establish that uh, or reinforce a helping relationship, kind of get your foot in the door as a leader and start showing them that you have some genuine concern. Quickly express that you're glad the the individual called. If that was the case, immediately get the uh, telephone number that he or she is calling from in, in case you're you're disconnected, and that's and you that's important for obvious reasons. If they disconnect, you, you know they may or there may not be a willingness to reconnect, and, and something can happen. Find out where where that individual is located. Get as much information as possible about. Uh, that individual's plans you know assess key thing is and you know this this falls right in line with coaching you know sometimes we've just got to listen and not give advice but keep that service member talking as long as possible until uh, help can reach him or her but avoid topics that uh, that might be agitating them if that makes sense yeah it does being an unfair supervisor, a cheating spouse, whatever the case, and then follow up and ensure that service members evaluated. Now, that's by phone. If the ideal situation is 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 in person, where you find out what's going on with that veteran or former service member or now employee, you got to kind of use open-ended questions, such as, "How are things going?" or "How are you dealing with?" and and share share the concern for their well-being. Normally, if the individual feels like you see them as a valued member of your organization. You show some sensitivity and genuine concern to their well-being. That's a that's a pretty good start. But you got to be honest and direct too. Sometimes paraphrasing is good. You know, repeating what he says, using his words, and then ask ask him directly about his or her intent and the direction and being directive. If uh, an example of that would be, you know, are are you thinking about suicide? This is something that won't really put new ideas in their head, but shows your your concern and then in person you've got to kind of since since you're right there take some actions to keep them safe certainly don't leave them alone you know as leaders we're busy so we've got to balance busy with uh with taking care of these people if we can't be there ensure a, a co-worker or somebody that both of you trust uh, stays with them at all times take any steps to remove uh potential means of self harm including medications, knives uh, depending on the workplace ropes firearms today with firearms regulations you know, varying by stage you know a lot of a lot of former service members uh, carry uh, concealed permits if they're if they're being challenged not only emotionally they probably shouldn't be that's, that's, right that's that generally didn't come out in any screen, so involve security if the if the uh, if that individual's agitated or, or combative. And then, uh, like I said, take, take them somewhere to some facility, uh, be it a civilian emergency room uh, or a treatment facility. And then follow up on them as, as they're being
0: evaluated.
1: There's some, some, some of the things you can do.
0: And what if they don't want to go to a facility if they're unsure of it or they're just unwilling to because for, for just some reason.
1: Then you then you monitor them to a point where you, you feel that they're no longer at risk. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's a matter of they don't want to. It's not that they don't want to go. They just don't want to go now.
0: Okay. So
1: but generally, if you talk to a um, a mental health provider for advice on uh, on whether to call an ambulance or transport them yourself, if the if the advice is to transport him or her in, in your vehicle, ensure a person. Kind of sits at each door to prevent that individual from exiting the vehicle. There's there's medical uh, practitioners that actually uh, can provide you the leader advice. If you don't have all the answers, and rarely do do we, the most important thing we can or a piece of information we can provide our leaders as to where to where to find that uh, that information or who to talk to in the event that you have uh, an individ- a case like this of an individual that arises in your organization. Um,
0: and are there national organizations that'll that they can that a leader could contact? Yeah, if the individuals
1: uh, you know, a veteran retired perhaps, uh, you know, no longer serving in the Guard or Reserve, the VA is an organization, there 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 are hotlines, as you can imagine suicide prevention hotlines that that we don't necessarily know the numbers to because we don't use them every day, but uh it's certainly something that we have to be mindful of much like we do emergency numbers associated with, uh, you know, police, fire, ambulance. Some of the things that your leaders have to avoid though, are don't try to minimize the problem. Don't, uh, don't ask is that all, or don't overreact to the problem Because sometimes that, uh, that doesn't assure the individuals that they're safe or in good hands if they ask for help. Um, don't create a stigma about seeking mental health treatment. I think if uh, that, that's one of the reasons why they necessarily won't go because they're, they're worried about repercussions or potential stigma later or how they uh, are viewed in your eyes as a leader. Don't give simplistic advice either. Simpli- simplistic advice generally starts with well, all you have to do is don't tell them to suck it up or, or get over it. These are some of the... Uh, some of the things that as you can imagine, military leaders were telling uh, some of their service members early on when they were inexperienced or uninformed on how to deal with the first case of somebody like this in their organization
0: um, yeah, I can see that minimizing minimalizing the the situation can be a very bad deal for the veteran or the sol- you know the soldier
1: yeah don't make it a problem in terms of it being a source of Organizational gossip, you know, only involve others on a need-to-know basis, you know, uh, and really, really be very judicious and mindful of who you involved. Some, sometimes that first 1st uh, first level supervisor directly over that individual is not somebody that you want involved for, for whatever reason. Uh, those are those are just some, some of the things that, that you've got to avoid as a leader. The question you ask, you know, if treatment's offered, but the, the individual re- refuses it, those that, that aren't at imminent risk, and, you know, they can't be mandated to receive medical or mental health treatment. We've just got to, as leaders and mental health providers, uh, collaborate to maximize their safety and the safety of, of others, uh, either family and, and monitor. And all these actions are much, much better than not taking any action or not
0: being vigilant. When a service member returns or retires from the military and goes into a workplace, is there anything a leader in that workplace can do to help minimize the chances of something of suicide or the thoughts of suicide? Yeah. So
1: my personal leadership philosophy is based upon an acronym uh, tips. When I was a young lieutenant, my leaders, senior leaders started talking to me about this notion about leadership philosophy. And my thought was, well, if they've got a philosophy at their level or echelon, I need to have one at mine. And then really started peeling back and trying to figure out what 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 was my philosophy in terms of how I plan to lead today and tomorrow. And being a very simplistic person and growing up in a military that's full of acronyms, I came up with the acronym TIPS and And what TIP stands for is, um, you've got to T talk, talk to your people regularly. And what I mean by that is I was always the leader that led by walking around now to a new organization that might be very uncomfortable at first, but after a while, when they figured out that the conversation and dialogue wasn't always work related, but I would, uh, I would ask questions about what they do outside the workplace about career objectives. Being mindful that you know they may not necessarily be fully aligned with my own. They talk about uh, you know what keeps them busy. You know talking about family and other things. They you know they 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 became accustomed to to that leadership style of walking around. And then the eyes is, is really to inform, informing them when priorities change, inform informing them when a mission changes. Uh, informing them of the results of meetings or other events that I have to occur or attend that they might not be privy of, but keeping keeping uh, your workforce organization informed. Uh, P is uh, being predictable. You know when they can take time off, when they can't, how you interact with them daily. Uh, you, you clearly can't get to P predictable, pre- being predictable or predictability without. You know, the first two, talking to and keeping uh, your people informed on a regular basis. And then that S is sensitive or or being, you know, demonstrating some sensitivity. As you can imagine, that's something that's not always uh, available or readily existing in a a military uh, hierarchical organization. But again, if if you're talking to people, you know what they do outside the workplace you show genuine interest in that over time you demonstrate some sensitivity to to their needs uh and uh and figure out uh how you how you can lead them better
0: that's great i i love the i love the tips model it's
1: it's pretty simple and it's really worked for me but you can't and going back to your question i mean if you if you if you don't do all those things you're not you're not going to pick up on some of these warning signs and risk factors and recognize and have normal and nor are your your subordinate leaders uh, and team members i mean if you lead that way
0: they they do they, they often adopt and uh, game the same issue. i think that may be a perfect spot to end the conversation if, if listeners would like to find you, where can, where can they find you online?
1: They can certainly find me on uh, online through my website, www.coachtoperform.com. I'm on Twitter, at Dan Dwyer underscore. I have a Facebook page, uh, www.facebook.com backslash coach to perform. They can email me uh, anytime at any time at Dan at coach to com. I'm on Instagram, at Dan DeWire underscore. Um, so social media, uh, email, my website, and then of course, uh, I'm pretty responsive even to, to phone calls. Uh, feel free to call me at uh, 719-330-3731. Those are all ways in which you can reach out and, and contact me.
0: Do you have any parting words of wisdom before we end the conversation?
1: Suicide risk is highest when the person sees no way out and fears things may get worse. Um, you know, the predominant emotions are hopelessness and helplessness. Uh, the thinking is constricted, you know, with a tendency to perceive his or her situation as all bad. And, and sometimes judgment is impaired by, by use of other things like alcohol or other substances. It's just leading, uh, the key ingredient of leading is, is caring. Clearly that's probably the silver bullet of leading is caring. And if, and if we care about those, we lead, if we communicate with them regularly and we coach them regularly, those three C's, uh, caring, communicating, coaching, then as a leader, we'll be able to pick up on some of these warning signs, these risk factors. And, uh, in this case, uh, you know, get these, get these people through, um, through the holiday season, but more importantly, through life, it's one of our society's uh, it's some stressors. It's something uh, as you you see on social media about people doing push-ups because of in support of suicide prevention and and other things. We we've not only fought our nation's longest war, but because of the advancement of military medicine and the actions of the first responder on today's modern battlefield, uh, people. People have survived, uh, whereas they may have perished in the past. Trust me, the IEDs are bigger, the bombs are stronger, but the actions of individuals to to take care of their fellow service members caused them to live. And now it's our part as leaders to continue th- those actions. It's it's something that our society is is going to have to undertake for the next several decades plus. And I would challenge all leaders to, to talk to regularly, keep their team informed, be predictable and sensitive to some of those needs that may not be apparent. They're in the limited hours there in the workplace.
0: All right. Yeah. Thank you for that, Dan. I hope you enjoyed and learned something from the discussion with Dan about the holidays, how they impact servicemen and veterans, and what we can do to assist them. The show notes for today's episode can be found at jmlalone.com 027. I've included not only the notes this week, but also organizations to contact if you, a loved one, or someone you're leading needs some help. If you know of someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, please send them a link to the show in an email or conversation and let me know about it. Until next time, continue to lead well.